Welcome to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast, where we share tips, information, and success stories about a revolutionary treatment for alcohol use disorder called the Sinclair Method, or TSM. TSM can help most people reduce rather than abstain from alcohol by addressing the root cause of problem drinking, which is inside the brain. I'm your host, Katie Lane, Sinclair Method success story and co-founder of Thrive Alcohol Recovery, where we help you find freedom from problem drinking using this approach so that you can live your best life. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Katie, and I wanted to make a video today just to be real about those of you out there who are trying to change your relationship to alcohol during this crazy time that we're all going through in 2020. Um, I wanna make this video because I get emails from people almost every single day who have been on the Sinclair Method and with everything that's happened this year, um, they're either kind of falling back on old, old habits and they're not taking the medication or they're just drinking more or they've lost their motivation or they think maybe this method won't work. Um, the stress of everything, they're kind of falling back on alcohol, all the kind of scenarios you can imagine. And I think there are so many people struggling with alcohol right now, whether or not they're on the Sinclair method. And I wanted to just kind of talk today about, you know, what my thoughts are, my humble opinion on kind of how to navigate this time when you really do deep down want to change your relationship to alcohol and you know you don't want to turn to it anymore as a coping mechanism and as a habit but yet you still are just because it feels like the world is falling apart um, and so just wanted to share a couple of things I've kind of learned and realized through my own experience and challenges of what this year has been and just kind of working with and talking with others about it as well. So just to begin with, um, you know, just to be honest, like if I were going on the Sinclair method right now during this pandemic, it, I really believe it would be really challenging for me as well. Like I started the method years ago and I got sober a couple years ago just because, you know, the environment, environment in my life was conducive to that. Like nothing was super stressful or awful. The world was still kind of normal, so to speak. And so I can only imagine what people are going through right now if you've been challenged with alcohol and then you're trying to make that change during this really challenging time. I just, my heart is with you and I can understand how challenging that is. Well, with that said, I want to provide some kind of tips of encouragement for you to take really small steps forward, even though maybe you feel like you're not making progress or that this is hopeless. There is hope and there's practical things you can do every single day that um, will be really tiny steps toward making this change. Um, and there are things that you can implement right now um, in your life, um, and particularly for people who are on the Sinclair Method, because I think if you're on the medication and it's helping with cravings, like that's amazing. And what I see from that point is then there's the opportunity to work on the habit piece of drinking and the fact that drinking is a, 
a commonly used coping mechanism. And those two things, you know, even if the medication is working and you see that you're drinking less or you're desiring alcohol less, people can still drink out of habit and because alcohol is their favorite coping tool. It's like their best friend and when the day has been hard, all you want to do is kind of numb out and alcohol gives you that. So how do you get over that kind of reaction to going to alcohol for that way and, you know, kind of support the medication and working and help yourself build a life that doesn't require you to escape every day using alcohol or, you know, just habitually drinking because you don't know what else to do because everything's closed down and you can't go outside, you can't see people. I know it's really challenging and just like, I don't pretend to have all the answers and I just really want to share kind of my thoughts on that because I too, um, like we all have bad habits, even though I don't drink anymore, sometimes I, I struggle with food to where I'll just like eat tons of junk food or binge eat and it doesn't make me feel good. Um, and so I've actually been kind of applying and learning during this time of ways to kind of break these bad habits that I know are not serving me, yet I find myself kind of stuck in this rut. And so, you know, that's definitely not as bad as drinking alcohol, but trust me, I have been there. And so um, I think it could apply to the Sinclair method and help people on that. So first of all, um, we have to become aware of the fact that when we're triggered to drink and we just kind of are on autopilot with our drinking, whether it's every night or you're starting during the daytime, um, whatever it is, our trigger that's causing us to want to drink is unconscious. Um, and when it's unconscious, we are kind of just reacting to it without giving it a lot of thought. Um, and so when you crave alcohol, it's like you automatically go drink it without even thinking much about it. And so the first step I think that can really help is, and again, this is just something you can start implementing in your life without changing your drinking routine um, too drastically, but just start noticing those triggers. Whenever you have that desire to drink, pause, and ask yourself, where is this trigger coming from? What caused that trigger? And start keeping a running list of all of the things that trigger you to drink. And what that is gonna do is that's gonna bring these unconscious triggers that are just kind of controlling your life and telling you to keep drinking, keep drinking, um, start to bring them to conscious awareness and that's where you have a choice to change that habit. And so if you start to become aware like, wow, by five o'clock I'm absolutely exhausted from working and taking care of my kids or just stressed out from the day that I need a drink, okay, that's really useful information. Then what you can do from there is perhaps go back through your day, figure out how you can balance your energy in a way and your time so that you just don't find, find yourself totally depleted and exhausted at the end of the day where all you wanna do is numb out. And this is a process and I'm not saying it's easy or quick fix, but the more conscious awareness you can bring to this experience, the more you have the option to choose as opposed to letting these behaviors kind of, or these triggers kind of control your behaviors throughout the day. So that's just one scenario. Um, I know some people don't really have a choice. Like if you've got kids and you're working and life is crazy and you're like, how am I supposed to make my day less chaotic? Okay, then how can you incorporate in things that you can do to cope with that desire to escape or numb out that are not alcohol related? And I always tell people, you know, 
before your first drink, try something else. Try having a cup of tea. Try taking yourself on a walk. Try listening to some music and just relaxing or taking a bath or exercising or whatever feels good to you. Just give something else a try. Even if it's only for 15 minutes, just start intercepting that routine with something else. And over time, um, just by practicing this, that coping muscle will get stronger and you will be able to have more control and more say over how you're responding to the stress or the burnout of day-to-day life. The second thing that I think can be really helpful is to pay attention to how you are identifying around your relationship to alcohol. Um, You know, oftentimes we might get going on the Sinclair method and have this goal to change our relationship to alcohol and we realize, okay, I've got to take this pill to do so, but that's really all we do. And that's where people can get frustrated with this method and say, is it even working? And I think the, the biggest challenge there is that they have not yet changed who they are in relation to alcohol. And what I mean by this is, You know, if someone is still identifying as like, oh, I'm someone who loves to drink, or I'm someone who really loves wine, or I'm someone who loves to unwind with alcohol every night, that person is still identifying, whether they're aware of it or not, as someone who loves alcohol and loves having alcohol in their life. What can be helpful instead is to really think about your ideal self. I think a lot of people go on this method and they want to be a moderate drinker. They want to be a drinker who has control. And so throughout your day with every interaction you have with alcohol, whether it's a craving um, or you're in the middle of drinking or you're questioning whether or not to take the naltrexone or you've finished drinking for the night or you're wondering, should I have that third or fourth drink? Just start asking yourself, what would a moderate drinker do or what would a normal drinker do or what would a healthy or health conscious person do? And just by, again, bringing this unconscious behavior into your conscious awareness, it can really start to shift your behaviors over time. And not to say that this is going to be a quick fix and um, the one one time you do it, everything's going to be different. These tips I'm really giving are things that you can incorporate today in your life without making any drastic change that can really start to help you have success on a day-to-day basis and on the long term. So if every time you're drinking or before you drink, you start to ask yourself, what would a moderate drinker do? What would a healthy person do? The answer back to you could be, oh, you know, they might have two glasses of wine tonight and then they might switch to tea or they might save drinking until the evening as opposed to starting during the day. Um, All of these things that this identity of this person who you really do want to be, what they would do can can again influence your conscious awareness and really get you to start to, to think and act from that perspective as opposed to just, oh, I need alcohol to escape whatever I'm going through right now. So start start identifying as a person, as the person that you want to be in the future, that you see your ideal self and your ideal relationship to alcohol as, and that can really start to influence your behavior. There's this book I'm reading, which is inspiring a lot of this video called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he gives an example in there of a friend of his who lost a hundred pounds. And she, one of the biggest reasons she said was um, behind her success was just asking herself all day long, what would a healthy person do? What would a healthy person do? And this influenced her behavior by letting her take the stairs instead of the elevator, letting her make healthier choices with her food. Um, and of course there's gonna be slip ups here and there, but if you're constantly asking yourself that, um, it's gonna start to become that little voice in your head that can say, 
is this really a good idea or should you do something else? So that's tip number two, is really start identifying um, as someone what your ideal self is essentially as it relates to your relationship with alcohol. And the third thing I wanna talk about is kind of how we're setting goals when we get going on this method. Again, so often I think people have this goal of, I wanna have a better relationship with alcohol. I wanna drink for at weddings or on the weekends or save it for special occasions. And that's great to know where you want to be. Um, and then they might have a general idea of what they need to do. So take this pill every time I drink. And then again, that's kind of where they stop. And if that's the only kind of place someone is starting, they do not have a solid foundation set in place in order to build from and continue growing and progressing from there. So what happens with some people is they kind of lose steam or they burn out. Like if they don't see tons of success on this method for the first few weeks or few months, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I still have that goal, but this isn't really working. And so you just kind of fall into um, the old habit again. It's kind of like if someone had a goal of building a house and so they just went to the store and got all the materials they thought they needed you know the wood the screws the cement the glass windows you know they just kind of bought all this stuff and went to go build without having a plan or a foundation or a design in place um, sure, they might be able to build the house, but it's going to be really hard and it's probably going to be messy and it's going to take a lot longer. Um, I don't know if that's the best analogy, but that's just what popped into my mind. And so as it relates to the Sinclair method, I think we need to do more with creating a plan and creating a system for how we're going to achieve that long term goal we have of being a moderate drinker. Um, and yes, we're gonna use the naltrexone to get us there, but what else are we gonna to do to lay that foundation for success? And in my perspective, that really comes back to setting up systems or our daily habits that are really gonna to start to help us become you know, 1% better every single day. And so, um, as I've mentioned, just kind of these mindfulness habits of bringing these unconscious behaviors into our conscious awareness, that can be huge. Um, because if you are walking around identifying as someone who loves wine, but then at the same time you want to save it for special occasions, that's gonna conflict you and burn you out because you're gonna to have to use kind of willpower to achieve this goal that you have when you're not even in the right mindset of being that person you want to become. And so um, by setting these foundations, you know, that kind of comes with, you know, tracking your drinks, really, really being diligent about how much you're drinking and setting small goals each week to either reduce your drinking or add in new habits that are healthier for you and can start to take place of alcohol, um, identifying all of your triggers and, you know, reasons that are causing you to drink again, just so that you're in your conscious awareness and make little changes every single day that lead you to that person that you ultimately want to become. If we don't have a conscious plan in place that's going to be incremental tiny steps to get us where we want to go, it's really easy just to lose um, steam and kind of throw in the towel and say this isn't working um, because you know you're not doing anything different on a day-by-day minute-by-minute basis. You're kind of doing what you've always done which is just going to you know kind of continue to lead you where you've always gone. So it's really important to um, bring in some intentional conscious awareness to implementing this method into your life and realize that it is not just about taking a pill. It is not just about how many drinks you're reducing every single week. It's really about changing your whole relationship and your whole world around how you relate to alcohol and the role that alcohol plays in your life. 
you know, if someone wants to lose weight, but they continue eating bonbons and chocolate every day, and they're not exercising, and they're still using food to kind of numb out and cope at the end of the day, it's going to be really hard to lose weight until they start to think, okay, you know, again, what would a healthy person do? They'd probably have a salad instead of McDonald's, or they would probably have fruit instead of a chocolate cake, um, and really changing those habits and behaviors on a day-to-day basis that set them, out, set, them, set them up for success. You know, they wouldn't keep junk food in their cabinet. They would commit themselves to going on a walk five nights a week. They would um, start to change behaviors so that, so that it sets up their daily routine that it's leading toward their long-term success of, of losing weight. And so the same thing is true for people wanting to reduce alcohol. You know, you wouldn't keep, if you wanted to be that moderate drinker, you wouldn't keep a couple gallons of vodka in your house, or you wouldn't just keep the bottle right next to you and keep pouring, pouring. Um, You would really want to start intercepting this behavior and doing different things on a daily basis um, to help you work toward your long-term goal. And I'm really, really big on doing tiny, small goals and tiny um, kind of Uh, challenges for yourself on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis because if we do too much all at once it's kind of I keep relating back to the diet but it's relatable but if someone um, goes on a crash diet and they're hardly eating and sure they might lose a bunch of weight but often we always hear that they gain it all back and then some because it's just this like significant change that's a shock to their system and it's not sustainable and so Just like with weight loss, I think with the Sinclair method, it's more sustainable if you can set up this foundation for yourself so that, sure, you might still be drinking every day, but if you're taking naltrexone and you're becoming more mindful of what's causing you to drink and you're trying to add in new habits like um, that are like, like going on a walk or taking better care of yourself or using other things to kind of unwind at the end of the day instead of alcohol, um, just kind of sprinkling these in on a regular basis with consistency and testing them out to see how it feels. Um, that's how your foundation is con- going to continue to build and your coping muscle is going to get stronger and the habit of drinking every day or however often you are will start to fade away as you add in these new habits. And so um, I think that's all for me today. I really recommend the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. He's also got lots of videos on YouTube, but I think his book, even though it's not about changing your relationship to alcohol. It is about kind of bringing in good habits and changing bad ones. Um, And he really gives some really practical tools that can help you through that. And, you know, we're in this day and age where if you're feeling like you're not motivated to do something, like you can go watch a video that will tell you how to get more motivated. You have the world of information at your fingertips. So if you're lacking motivation, if you don't know how to change your habits, if you're struggling with whatever, you know, seek out that information and inspiration so that you can at least get that knowledge kind of in your mind and plant those seeds for yourself. Um, I hope you don't feel helpless. I hope you know that even though this time is challenging, like there is hope and um, you just got to get back on the horse and there are little things you can do every single day to get yourself to where you want to go. Try not to have these giant expectations of massive success right out the gate because it's just going to get you set up for disappointment. But I think the more proactive you are about changing your habits, about finding new ways to cope, about really examining your triggers and your relationship to alcohol and what it is now and what you want it to be in the future, that can just help you build and build and build a little bit every single day. So take care, everyone. God bless. Thank you for watching. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast. For additional Sinclair Method resources and support, please check out the information in our show notes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.